Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. All right, marketing and hiring are far too often failure points for companies because they're started too late. The right time to start marketing is before you launch your product, just as the right time to hire is before you feel the pain of needing the work to be done. It's never too soon to proactively start marketing or your hiring process. The key to not failing is having the structure in place before you feel the pain. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and business leaders solve difficult hiring challenges by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to enable your company to win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Andrew Miller. Andrew is the CEO of Growth Experts. Andrew is a startup marketer who's been traveling the world with early stage companies. Companies. After driving growth for three multi-million dollar startup exits, including a 500 startups project in San Francisco, he founded Growth Experts. Andrew's specialty lies in helping companies scale efficiently in the early stages with both growth coaching and remote consultancy. He's written for Inc. Magazine, Startup Grind, and Startup Nation, and Andrew is also a prolific digital nomad. In the last decade, he has lived and visited and worked from over 70 countries around the world, which is what makes Andrew the perfect guest for today's topic. Andrew, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much for having me here, man. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. We are going to be discussing the right time to start marketing efforts and then how to kick off your marketing, Mm -hmm. both product and and people. So we're going to do a dual thing where we're talking a little bit about hiring as well. Awesome. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. When should a company start marketing? I really believe the stat about 90% of startups fail because they don't prioritize marketing at the right time, either too late, which is mostly the case, or too soon. I see that over and over again. I've been doing this for about 15 years. And the most common problem is we're heads down working on the product. We're not going to worry about marketing until we get that product market fit, then we're ready to scale. But you've created a much more difficult uphill battle for yourself by not starting that foundational stuff early. So that is the biggest problem, I think, is that people don't realize even before your project is live and you're ready to go out and create a ton of value, you should already have landing pages coming soon, give people the ability to sign up, give you their email address for updates, have social media going. Some form of marketing should be started right away. You used a stat earlier where you said 90% of startups fail because they don't prioritize Mm -hmm. marketing. Where's that stat from? I think it was either a Forbes article or some stuff from something there. But it's a really well-known stat that something around 90% of startups fail because they don't prioritize marketing and they rely wholly on their product at the first iteration making a massive impact and doing the marketing for them. And the reality of this is, is that's not what happens. And the most successful startups, they get just a minimally viable product out there. And then you do marketing to drive in more traffic to get more data, whether it's feedback from users or analytics and figuring out what's not working in your product. And you're just constantly iterating on that. So it's a very long-term battle. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You start that marathon slower and earlier in front of the pack, hence doing the marketing early, and it makes it easier to finish as opposed to starting late and having to full sprint all the way there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm in a big proponent of planning and starting things before you need to have them done. 
when you're talking about the marketing in a startup, the nature of a startup is you want to get the product done, you get the product done. And the next thing you know, oh shit, now we need a market. Now you've got this reactory environment. I can't imagine that that is going to contribute to the company's success. Right. No, it becomes an oh shit moment and we've got a million things to do. And what I'm saying is during that product development phase, you could be working on SEO. If you're an app, you could be working on app store optimization. You could be building a content funnel. You could be doing PR around the launch that's coming up. You could be putting together a bartering and event launch, all of these things you could be doing beforehand. And they just make that battle so much easier. And if nothing else, you've done social media and you've had a landing page, let's say you've got 500 email addresses and a thousand followers on social media, the day you launch, it's not crickets. You've got something going. And I think this is important for startups, particularly because this really shows investors that you're giving them the confidence that you do your shit. shit together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As an entrepreneur, why do I need to tackle marketing earlier on? I think it saves you a lot of money as well as time, right? So if you've built this database of people who are ready to beta test your product, let's say you have a $30 customer acquisition cost or a cost for even acquiring an email address after you launch, if you've got 500 email addresses, you've saved yourself tens of thousands of dollars in marketing spend by doing it early and organic. The second thing is when you start at the earlier stage, you might not have big budgets raised. And I hear time and time again from founders, we're going to wait till we raise money, then we're going to do marketing. But then, I hear that with hiring too. Yeah, yeah. As you know, it makes it twice as hard if you don't have any data previously on what channels were Work, what call to action work, what landing pages work. So even testing organic stuff like social media, PR, podcast, marketing, whatever it is, you start to get really good at the pitch, at your value prop. You start to see what resonates with people, what type of content is engaging, and it makes your paid advertising that much more efficient when you do have budget. So all across the board, it just makes life easier if you start doing something now. Now, there's someone out there listening right now that's telling me, well, our project is stealth and we don't want to do any pre-launch marketing. Bullshit. There's no <laughs> such thing as a good idea. There's only execution. Good or bad is irrelevant. And if you think you have the most amazing groundbreaking startup and you don't want people to find out about it, well, they're eventually going to find out about it when you launch it. So just start talking about it. Get out there. Get your first mover advantage. Have a countdown on the website. Say it's coming soon. Stop being scared of doing the marketing because eventually you're going to be out there. And you know, if people want to copy you, they'll copy you no matter what. The point of this whole thing is though, you want people to know about you. Right. Even if you're stealth, you're developing a product, you still want people to know about your company because that leads directly to your hiring. If people have heard of your company, it's going to at least open the door for a conversation. Totally. You're going to need the right people in order for your company to be successful. That's it. Totally. So you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional resources to help you land great hires. Today, our guest is Andrew Miller. He is the CEO of Growth Experts, and we're talking about when to start marketing. So we just talked a little bit about why this is important. Now we're going to talk about when you should start marketing. So let's give everybody a plan of what they need to do in order for them to create a yeah. presence, right? Yeah. So where do I start? Can we lay this out in a time yeah, frame totally. measure too? Totally. So, so there's different types of marketing, right? There's your growth and acquisition, and that is the main thing that people focus on when they think about marketing. And that's that's why they put it off so long is they're like, you know, we're not ready to really scale this baby up. But there is 
branding and foundational marketing as well. And that's really what I'm talking about starting even before your product is ready. It's about really building a foundation in the sense of social media presence, presence in the online forums where your potential users are, building your social media awareness. It's beyond social media, fixing your product as far as landing pages and whatever else that might be, getting on podcasts, starting the thought leadership, attending events, creating content. All of these things lead to putting yourself out there, like you mentioned, but also creating confidence and creating awareness among customers even before the product is fully ready to scale. So I think that's really step one. And that's no matter what phase you're at, even if you're at idea stage, it could be stealthstartup.com and it's a landing page talking about the problem you're about to solve later on and having an email form sign up and then you're just driving traffic to that site. You're creating content about the problem that you're going to be solving. You're scheduling content on social media, getting people excited, doing a free webinar, all these things, driving interest before your thing is really ready to scale because like I mentioned earlier, you're really trying to figure out what channels are people responding to most? Where are the pockets of my target demographic? What are they responding to? What is the value prop that they're most excited by? So that when you get to phase two, which is really the launch marketing. So now we've got our product market fit. We've figured out that people really like this thing and we're ready to scale it up. Then you're going gangbusters on the marketing because you've already figured out, oh, Twitter is the best channel for me. So we're going to layer over that with whatever budget we have and scale that up. Video is the content piece that they respond to most. So we're going to put those two pieces of learning in and actually make a really successful hyper growth campaign there. Let me back up a little bit yeah. so that you're doing your online presence first. That's mm -hmm. your marketing foundation. Yeah. At what point in the timeline of the company do I do this? Should I start this as we're doing product development? Absolutely. Should I do it as I'm 50% through the product launch? Yeah. I tell companies at least 30 days before you're going to launch. So okay. the longer you have before the launch, the better. So there's no reason not to start now. That's what I'm trying to say. No matter even if you think you're in stealth mode, you don't want people to know about it. Start something now, making sure that the domains are available, the social media handles are available is the first thing you can do right after you're on the show. Like whether you're even at idea stage, you can go to namingforce.com is a great tool. It's like 99designs for naming the business. You get a crowdsource name for your business. Usually Finding, they have that though in place. I mean, at least uh, that's you, the first past, thing that you do when you start up a company, obviously. You'd be surprised. Really? You'd be you surprised. So? If you're a tech-focused founder, you're just working on building your algorithm no. software that you're going to be working on before you see if there's a real business opportunity there. Coming up with the name, starting to do in your social media, making sure your analytics are there, developing the suite of KPIs that you want to be tracking. What are the metrics for growth for your business? Developing all those, printing them out on the wall, becoming obsessed with those numbers. All of that goes into the foundational aspect of your marketing so that when you are ready to launch, and by the way, product development always takes longer than you think. So yeah. even if you think you're a month away, start the marketing because you're going to be further away than you think. And all that time you're building an email list of people who are a potential investors, you're building an email list of beta testers, and you're keeping those people in the loop. And it just makes them so much more interested and in, makes their awareness of your business so much more. So this online presence that you need at the minimum is you need to create your landing pages, your website, social media, and then analytics. Yeah. And what and are if, the analytics it, that people should be looking for? And it really depends what type of business it is. But obviously, if you're a mobile first business, it's installs, it's install to reg, which means the percentage of people that download the app to register should be, you know, at least 75%. If it's very low, then you know something is wrong with the user experience on that funnel right there. If you're a website, if you're a SaaS company, your B2B, it's conversion rate. The conversions you're probably looking at are someone filling out a contact form or booking a free call or booking an intro or signing up to create a free account. If you're a B2B business beyond that, it's are they spending money with you? If you're an e-commerce business, it's obviously average cost per sale.
sale, customer lifetime value, retention goes a little bit further than that. But those are just some of the metrics. But if you're listening to this and you're much further along and you've already got your website and everything's ready and you've just put off marketing because it's totally foreign to you, then I still think you start with these no budget growth hacking organic strategies. Yeah, yeah. What is organic marketing? Everything else but paid ads is basically your organic. So something that works really well is PR. If you've raised money, that's a new story. If you haven't raised money and you think that's the only thing that's a good PR story, you're wrong there. How is your product helping the world? How are you solving this problem? If your product or project is not solving a big problem or not working to make the world a better place, you might be working on the wrong thing in the first place. But we figure out how to leverage clients, what they have, their stories to be valuable for the press and to their target demographic. So if you have a big data company and you've categorized a billion data points in the travel industry, we go to the travel press and we start telling that story. And I think that is a much more efficient way to start driving interest than running to paid ads. And that is the number one mistake I personally see with early stage companies. The founder tells me, oh, Andrew, we've got 2,500 bucks. We're just going to throw it to Facebook and see what happens. If you're doing the ads yourself and you have even a couple years of experience or less, you're going to be pissing away most of that money. You're not going to get the learning you want. You're going to drive really quick traffic to the site, get no major data. I mean, you will see how your site works and performs, but it's much more valuable, I think, to grow organically through email outreach, online giveaways, scaling your social media. I use a term called off-page social media marketing, which I mean actually engaging and following hashtags and keywords where your target demographic are and engaging with people that are self-qualifying to be a potential customer. So if you're Rick, you're following startup founders, complaining about how they need to hire and you're reaching out and you're discussing with them, but you're not even really selling hardcore. You're just trying to help and create value, but you're bringing in people organically to your product rather than spending money on advertising at the early stage to just find out that they don't like what you So it's the best way to create content that you can share with people that's free content, basically putting out there your expertise? I think the best way to start your organic marketing is start a few things. It really depends on what your target demographic is, what your conversion is, what your price yeah, point but of your... Most startup founders don't know that. Like They have an idea. They know that there's a market, Yeah, but they don't understand any of this information. It, yeah. You know, no, I think you know. I think if you're a startup founder and you don't know who you're creating this product for, then that's step one. You need to, <laughs> you need to flesh out those user personas. And I've definitely worked with projects where we're like, we're launching this MVP to see which spaghetti stick on the wall first. Like we don't know exactly who it's going to be most beneficial for. So you might test a few different marketing channels to a few different target demographics to really see who the value we're creating for. But there are definitely a couple go-to strategies always. So like I said, I think one is PR. If you don't have a massive worldwide incredible news story yet, you can still focus on doing public relations to getting you on podcasts or smaller potential bloggers, YouTubers, not saying you have to go really for Forbes and TechCrunch and all these really big opportunities right away. Although there's no reason you shouldn't also pitch to those outlets. You never know what you can be included in. So I think that's one of the biggest things. Something that I've learned from this podcast is that if you're looking to get into podcasts or you're looking to get content out, you have to share it too. You can't just put it out once. Yeah. You've got to make an effort to get that out to everybody. And that's actually something that I see constantly overlooked is content distribution. So if you're looking to do content marketing as a growth strategy, first of all, know that it takes three to six 
six months for a good content marketing strategy or as Rick knows, I mean, how you've been doing this for years, right? Yeah, we're starting our fourth year right now. Yay. Happy birthday to you <laughs> and to me. Oh, that's right. Hey, yeah, so <laughs> we're supposed to fist bump, my bad. But anyway, um, yeah. content marketing is all about putting out that content. So you might spend all this time creating your incredible content and then you just put it out on your social media and it's crickets and then you give up on the strategy. And it's really, I think founders really overlook how much work you need to put into distributing the content, putting it on the forums, sending it to people, creating an email list, posting it on different groups and stuff like that, posting it on all the free sites where you can post your content for free, putting that on your social media is only one piece of it. So definitely think that content marketing is a big thing that you can do. Just know that it takes a long time. Immediate effect really is PR and public relations. You know, you get one big blogger or YouTuber, a nationwide article, and you're going to see immediate high quality traffic coming to your site. It does take a while to successfully craft a good PR story, develop a list of potential targets, and then create those relationships. Those are really like the three parts of PR. But again, it's kind of like content marketing, right? It's all we're creating something, then we're pushing it out there. And that's really what it comes down to with the organic marketing is putting in blood, sweat, and tears and time investment rather than dollars, because I'm assuming at the early stages of your business, that's what you have a surplus of. Well, I don't know if they have a surplus of it, but yeah, they, they <laughs> don't everything. have a surplus of capital, right? So, yeah. Well, so sorry. if I'm starting organic marketing, what I'm looking at then is defining my organic marketing channels first, right. then creating PR, creating content, and then the content is designed to drive emails or build a list of emails so that when I launch, it puts me in a position where I have 500 people. Yeah, if you're pre-launched, the goal is to just drive people to sign up to find out when you're going to launch or follow you on social media or all of the above. If you're post-launch, you're doing these marketing strategies in an effort to drive quality traffic to your site so that you can get the data to figure out what's working, what people like, what they don't like, what you need to iterate on to make your product better. It's just about putting in the time investment. And to go back to your comment about people not having a surplus of time, that's another very common problem. They put off marketing because it's foreign to them or they're really heads down on still developing that product. And they're like, when we get the money, we'll hire someone to focus on marketing. One of the solutions I have for people is creating a marketing calendar. It's literally free. You go on Google Calendar. Just give yourself one marketing task per day to start. For three months from now till product is live, you've got 90 different marketing tasks. If you can't do that one thing, then you need to hire an assistant or you need to bring on a co-founder or you need to get an unpaid intern or whatever it is. But that one marketing task a day, if you have 100 days out to launch or 50 days, you've got enough stuff done to create the knowledge around what's working, what isn't working, what do people like, what do people not like, what is going to convert for us? And that'll just make your launch so much easier. A piss is missing here. What do I need in order for me to get people to sign up for my email list from the content? Hopefully what you're working on is exciting enough and the value for them is they're going to be the first to be notified when you're launched. If you're pre-launch, if you're post-launch, it's usually giving them some kind of discount or some kind of offer. All of marketing becomes really easy when you think about it, not from the point of view of what am I going to get from them? It's what can I do for them? What value can I give the user? Same in dating. It's the same in sales. It's, it's the same in recruiting and it's, hiring. It's all about, it's all about the exactly. person. It has nothing to do with you. Nobody I found cares that about you. They in my own life, themselves. in my own life, when I do job ads for startups I work with or for my own business, I really notice that the more effort you put into writing an incredible job ad that's full of value for the applicant, the more incredible the resumes you get. And I think that's a metaphor for life. It's all about what value can we put out there. If my goal is to get people to sign up for my email list pre-launch, it's like what amazing 
amazing value can I offer? So maybe we're going to give away one free lifetime subscription to my product to somebody who signs up to be a beta tester. Maybe we're going to do a launch party for all the people who sign up and I'm going to invite and they're going to get free drinks and stuff or whatever value you can offer. You want to put that up front so that you get people interested to follow you. But potentially, if you're doing something groundbreaking, the value is being the first to get access to this product. And that's usually what most people go with. Let's talk about the third phase, which is the product launch. So I launched the product. Now what do I need to do? I should already have some data points when I launch the product before so that I can have a successful launch. Yeah. So if you've done pre-launch marketing and you've developed a bunch of different tests in marketing, and that's what I'm saying, like testing, creating 30 days of good social media content that is very different and engaging and figuring out what's working, you know, testing a content marketing strategy, testing a PR strategy, testing podcasts. So pre-launch, we've tested all these things. We've narrowed down and identified the few things that we want to continue based on the return on time investment that we've gotten. I always say to startup founders who don't have money yet, you're still looking for ROI. It's return on time investment. That's what you're going to scale up post-launch, right? Now, if things have changed pre-launch to post-launch and you've got budget, you're obviously going to start doing some paid testing. And that's what you're going to wait to do until you're launched. If you're listening to this and you're pre-launch and you're spending money to drive people to your pre-launch site to get their email address, it's a waste. Don't do that. Save all that money. Put that money into product development or just save it till after you're live because depending on your business, they want immediate gratification. They're searching for you to sign up and find your business so that they can get something from you quickly. And if you're not going to be live for a while, it's most likely not going to be valuable for them anymore, depending on what your industry is. Or invest that money into your people. Yeah, invest it into people, hire early. You're going to have a really big churn from that email list unless you're really actively doing a good job of keeping in touch with them during product development, which is a whole nother different ballgame. But so you're launching with whatever resources you have. Let's just assume for the sake of this conversation that you've got very small testing budgets. I would start testing your paid advertising with your launch. So injecting the knowledge that you've gained through doing that organic marketing for the last few months on what wording works, what call to actions work, what landing pages work, what value props work, and what channels work. So if you had done social media and you scaled it up organically and you see that Twitter is bringing in incredible time on site and session time or whatever your KPIs are, your conversions, that's where you're going to spend your money. That's going to save you from testing on Facebook when you see the organic referrals from Facebook are not that strong. So that's what you take forwards and launch marketing and you start to scale that up. And right after month one of launch marketing, you've figured out what paid and unpaid channels are working, bringing in the most customers, the most traffic, the most quality, the most leads, whatever it is. And you're spending less to acquire more as you're getting better because you're drilling those channels down to the top campaigns, the top keywords, the top ad content. And you're just getting more and more efficient with the marketing as you go. Okay. And then the fourth piece was scale the marketing strategies that work. So you're going to test everything. What phase do you do that? What are you looking for specifically that helps you scale those marketing strategies? Money, obviously, in the end. What's converting? Yeah, what's converting? What's bringing in the highest quality traffic? So if it's not conversions, like I said, it's either session time inside your app or session time on your website. What source is bringing in people that bring in other users? If you've built a really good referral engine in your product and you've got a product that retains people, what is bringing back multiple sales or multiple customers or referral 
goals. That's how I'm analyzing a channel. You know, you might need a little bit of a 30-day window or whatever that lifespan looks like to really figure that out. But we're looking basically as further down the funnel as possible. So beyond just a visit all the way to a conversion and a retention and a referral to see what is bringing in the best customers and then what resources can we put on those, whether it's more humans, more time or more money or all three of the above to scale those channels up to get us to our growth goals going forward. And this is critical when you're hiring because marketing and hiring are so intermingled, even though they're a separate thing. Like if you don't have good marketing, you're not going to attract good people. Right. And if you don't have good people, you're going to do a shitty job marketing. Hand in hand. Yeah. They're very interconnected. So with hiring, I think it's important, but you can also implement these four stages into hiring as well. You should understand who your target hires are, have conversations, network, gather data. And when you're ready to go, you should already have those people lined up. What would be two or three key takeaways you'd give the audience that they can plug into their business today? The biggest thing is start the marketing as soon as possible. Don't put off marketing. It's going to make your job much harder going forwards. So start something now, whether it's the lowest level, building up your social media presence and actively posting even before you have a product for them to purchase or at the highest level doing PR and really putting yourself out there. That's the first thing. Second thing is starting with organic marketing. Don't think that you have to run to paid advertising. I think it's the opposite, actually. You have to start organically before you get to the paid, and it will not only save you a ton of money, but also make your ads that much more effective because you'll know what works, how to speak to people, and where to speak to them before you have limited budget or unlimited budgets and you go and you spend money. I think the third thing is to make sure that before you start any of your marketing, you have a proper analytics stack set up. You know what KPIs you want to track. You know what the key core metrics to your business's success are, and you're tracking those actively. I mean, I even see some companies put a dashboard like this in the office in front of everyone's face so that the marketer or whoever's doing it is fully held accountable by everyone from the office manager, janitor, whatever. Everybody knows that today we didn't make a sale or everybody knows today we hit all-time highest visits on the website and we can all pop a bottle and celebrate. So I think metrics and tracking are really important so that the fourth thing, scaling, is possible. You cannot scale without data. If you do, you're going to really fail. If you just go off your gut, which some founders think they can do, like, Andrew, I don't want to try that, or I don't think we should test this channel. I have a gut that my customers aren't there. And I go, well, unless you've tested it, you don't know. And you've got to be data-driven in marketing. So the last takeaway I'll say is be data-driven, get that data, and then make moves on that data and keep scaling up and moving based on what the data is telling you. That can still be qualitative data and what customers are telling you, but it's as quantitative as possible and as emotionless as possible and driven by data. That's awesome advice. For the first time on our show, we actually are going to take some questions from our LinkedIn Live audience. Woo! Woo! Love it. So the best strategy to get a good story picked up by PR, what you got? So again, with what I said, it's all about being valuable. If you're just like, I want to get picked up by PR, you're thinking about it wrong. Is what you're working on super valuable and who is it valuable to? Then it's reaching out to those people with the value that you have. That's the secret to doing PR. It's not, I want to be in TechCrunch. It's how can my story be valuable to the audience on TechCrunch? And then who is telling similar stories to this on TechCrunch, reaching out to those people and then reaching out to them with a very simple offer. Hey, I've got a story I think might be valuable for you. Can I send it over or can I make an intro? And then, you know, make an intro to the CEO. Don't reach out as the CEO yourself because the value is the intro that you're offering them. So I think 
One is putting together all the ways that you can create value, figuring out who you create value for, and then reaching out to them at scale. Perfect. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show. Andrew, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our audience, our community could find you? Yeah. So I do two main things with my company, Growth Experts with the Z, growthexpertsz.com is focused on helping funded startups scale so without making any mistakes on PR and paid advertising. So if you're a funded startup, you can find me there. If you're a bootstrap startup, I have a company called Andrew Startups, where we have an online course and coaching for bootstrap companies so they can learn how to do their own PR, SEO, et cetera. And you can find me at andrewstartups.com or on Instagram at andrewstartups. Perfect. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Christopher Decker, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're working really hard around the clock to make this content better for you. So we welcome all your feedback. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire. That's H-I-R. R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. Or you can drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Jeff Wald. He is the co-founder and president of Work Market. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Turner.